Welcome to episode five of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. I'm Andrew Coates, my co-host Dean Guido here. And today's episode, we got really lucky and our friend Jay Ashman from Kansas City joins us to talk about his Facebook group, Pump, Dump and Hump. We'll explain as we get in there and uh, how that community is a powerful tool to help people with their fitness, nutrition and other concerns. Shut up and sit down. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode what we hope is number five of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. Today, we got a really cool guest, uh, our good friend Jay Ashman, who's down in Kansas City. So it's our first American guest in all this mix. Uh, and he is the owner of a website and Facebook group called Pump, Dump, and Hump. So welcome, Jay. How you doing? Fantastic, my friend. And I want to touch on, good, he's good. not just the owner of Pump, Dump, and Hump. Like, you have Ashman Strength, he works as a trainer, a bunch of other <laughs> stuff, which we'll touch on. But it's not yeah, just definitely. Pump, Dump, and Hump, because people are probably like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> used, to, used to compete, uh, play competitive rugby, strongman, uh, you know, former gym, uh, I guess, manager, director of uh, personal training in different gyms. So you've got a pretty extensive yeah. career in athletics and, and the fitness industry. So yes. let's dive right into it. So, Jake, would you tell us a little bit about your path uh, leading into a career in fitness and uh, and what's led you right now to uh, having Pump, Dump, and Hump? Well, definitely. See, I started off, uh, I say probably went to a seminar back in uh, 1998, 99. It's a long time ago. It was actually in Atlantic City. And uh, so I was uh, trying to get my certification. So it was AAAI IMSA. Or ISMA, forgot, forgot which, how that goes. So essentially, a weekend seminar in Atlantic City. You set in for classes all weekend, and then they uh, take a test on Sunday, and you have to train one of the trainers. So it was actually pretty cool. It wasn't just an online sort of get to be there and actually attend classes and take a, take a physical test and train somebody. So it was legitimate. So I started off working for Gold's Gym. As I just kind of wanted, I liked the gym so much, I kind of wanted to get into it. And I remember stuff back like in high school, writing down workouts in my notebook and having like an idea of what I wanted to do. I was always into like writing programs, whether it was football plays or workout programs. Just something I kind of did. I don't know. And I kind of just fell into it. And uh, I kind of grew from there. I did it part-time for a while, did it full-time for a little bit, went back to part-time. And so I've been back and forth until I decided to just make the full-time jump. All uh, like the part-time stuff while you're more active in your athletic career? Uh, mostly athletic career. Well, I work at a job. I mean, I was, I was an electrician for a long time. In the East Coast, uh, Union Electrician. And uh, so I did it part-time at nighttime or on the weekend. And if I got laid off, I went, I went to it full-time, just to uh, pay the bills. So it kind of like sporadically went back and forth until I decided to make the jump into it full-time. And Well, just to touch on this, what timeline-wise, because like we kind of breezed over like the athletics, but like you played professional rugby and all – I'm not going to say this is yes. the biggest accomplish, accomplishment, but probably something that you're most proud of. But like you had a trial yeah. for NFL team. So where did all this fit in in terms of, I guess, getting into the fitness journey? Because, I mean, the NFL, if you put that in front of anything, people will be like, man, this guy's legit. He's banging with some of the best dudes in, in the world. Yeah. That might qualify you. Back in 1998, I had a workout for the Browns when they came back to Cleveland. They were When they moved back, when they moved to Baltimore, and they said I got the franchise back to Cleveland. So they had some workouts. Now, I played a little bit of ball in college, and I was a pretty big dude. And I was uh, 
fast and can move well. So a buddy of mine who played football for the World League, American World League over in Barcelona, Jeez. he uh, got me got me a tryout. And uh, so I went in. I did really well. And uh, the problem was that I played linebacker when I played. So I was a lot smaller and like kind of more mobile. So being I was three hundred five pounds by this point, Jesus. I couldn't play linebacker. I'm playing wow. down. I'm playing down lineman. So going from a stand up position to a, a three point stance position in defense is a whole different ballgame. You know, it's a completely different level of play. So having to having to go from reactive to immediately taking the attack is a whole different world. Whole different world. So I didn't make a team. You know, my uh, my play wasn't that great because I was obviously in a new position. You know, they even said to me, "Say, look, your physical skills are there." But the fact of the matter is that you're so raw at this position, we can't take a chance. Yeah. Well, no. Which I understand. It's, it's completely business. But you know what? I got invited. I gave it a shot. I had good stats. I decided to move on. I think I gave one shot. If I didn't make it, I don't make it. I move. Put on your no regrets. And put on your resume. Like, that's the first thing yeah, I'm I mean, putting it, on. It really, it, really, it, really doesn't, <laughs> it really doesn't mean much in a few things, but it was kind of cool to do it. Yeah. And then I, you know, started playing rugby shortly thereafter. Oh, that was after? I thought you played rugby. Okay, <laughs> sweet. No. I stopped playing rugby in 2008. Jesus, I love stories like all yeah. this because you know a lot of the people who are listening to this are probably there's some trainers. There's definitely a lot of phys- fitness enthusiasts, and I mean, how many people do we all know over the years who had a regular job like an electrician? I mean, Guido here, he was working as a teacher for so however many years, and he switched over yeah. the industry not all that long ago. I like this right. in that it. If someone really feels like, hey, that I would be passionate about that, I feel like I could do well with this. It invites the confidence to maybe give it a shot because this industry, as we know, there's a lot of really incredible people, but there's also a lot of stuff that maybe a lot of people shouldn't be in the industry. And the more good right. people who care, who will actually work hard to help people that are here, the better we all are as a result. So I love these kind of stories. Yeah. Well, for me, it's always, I always look at people saying like, Dean was a teacher. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a fit for the business because he can actually talk in front of a crowd. He can present information, you know, he has that <clears throat> experience to talk to somebody and teach. That is transferable Absolutely. to coaching. Absolutely. Now, me, I also, I also, I also, I wore many hats in my life. I attended a bar for a while as well, for a little bit back in college. So, work with people and learning how to talk to people and deal with the public is kind of critical for this business. I mean, you have somebody who is in the fitness industry, and they're in front of people talking. They have to be able to lead a crowd and have enough confidence in their own ability to speak. When you were to actually teach somebody, you were a bouncer, right? Or I guess a doorman. I was. Yeah, so like we're yeah, all, we're yeah, all uh, doorman. The, the, <laughs> I spent yeah. I, I used to own I a, think that's pretty much a natural progression. For anybody who's big, yeah. you know, you're pretty much going to be a bouncer. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then you become a trainer, I guess. I used to own a, a martini nightclub back in Newfoundland back in, God, what was it, uh, 2006 awesome. or so. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, a lot of people don't know that. But uh, yeah, I had that for a while, and I eventually walked away from it because it was more of a headache than it was worth. But it was an interesting yeah, experience. Yeah, owning a bar, no way. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it teaches you a lot about life. Owning a bar, a bar. Is massive. Venue. I could not imagine. Uh, I could not imagine owning a bar. Coolest <laughs> thing about that, I, I had two of the guys from Collective Soul sitting in there having drinks with me one night after their concert. So that was interesting. But we digress. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I had a drink of Harvey Keitel in Manhattan. Now that is cool. That is epic. Dude, it was, cool. Now that is, this is the funniest shit because it was it wasn't what yeah I was kind of young, and. I'm at, I'm at Cats, my Winter Garden Theater on Broadway, because I'm a big fan of Broadway theater. <laughs> Surprise. Another, another kind of a shocker right there. That's a shocker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen numerous Broadway plays. I mean, I've been to Cats, at Les Mis, Phantom, all kinds of shit. So now I'm sitting there, I'm there at my mom, because my mom told me to go, me went to go see Cats. I actually have right now on bedroom, I have a uh, picture 
from 1994 right now hanging in the wall from Cats where the entire cast and crew autographed it for me. <laughs> Love Cats. I, I know, right? All right? It's great. Fuck yeah. So, so, that, so here I am. I get up. The intermission starts. So I get up and then I look right, right in front of me. I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking Harvey Keitel. So he's there with his daughter. And uh, he turns around and I look at him and I'm like, hey, uh, Mr. <laughs> Keitel, I'm a big fan of your work. And he's like, thank you very much. I mean, he's talked for a second. He's like, would you like to have a drink? And I was like, uh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so we went up at a fucking bar because they have a bars in the beers in New York for intermission. We had like, we brought me a drink. We had a drink and we talked about fucking baseball for like 10 minutes. Incredible. You know, talk about the Yankees and whatnot. He's a big like Yankees guy. Obviously, he lives in New York. So, uh, and then we sat down and never saw him again the rest of my life. Well, that's how it is. Yeah. I know. I was like, holy shit. But it was kind of cool. Like, like you had dream of collective soul, and it was like, holy shit, here I am with like cross from somebody like this, and who's obviously a fantastic actor and a great artist in his own, in his own right. And but you know what? They're all just regular guys. Absolutely. Well, that's something that I find uh, whenever, like, when I met you in Kansas City in May, and I went down because uh, Dean Somerset, who was our, who was cool enough to be our first guest, Dean's a good friend, and uh, he was presenting. But then I go down to see like Brett Contreras and. People like Greg Knuckles and Sohili just happen to show up there. John Romanello, amongst a lot of these other people in the industry. And if people listening don't know some of these names, you should know these names. They're really, really good people to follow. And everybody was really down to earth. Alan Aragon was one of the most fun dudes ever. So, and, and one thing about people. Alan, like, one thing about Alan is kind of cool is that he's really, really generous with his friends. Absolutely. I mean, he like he actually he put me his uh, his AARR you know, recently for. Hypertrophy issue. You know, my wife has written for him many times. You know, and uh, you know, he's actually bought us a wedding present or a couple, wow. couple matching watches. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, he actually he bought us a four o'clock watches for our wedding, which is kind of funny. <laughs> okay, so fucking, so fucking douchey, but whatever. Okay, now that we now that we've gone over all this shit. <laughs> We're gonna get the yeah. pumped up and hop, man. We started with Let's it. Never it. Even go, like everyone's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" So, give us a synopsis of the inspiration for Pump, Dump, and Hump, and kind of just give our audience and your audience kind of just an overview of what the hell that is. All right. Well, Pump, Dump, and Hump started actually at the fitness summit because we were driving. We were driving home one day, and we kind of laughed, and we just I said, "I said because I think somebody talked about starting a group and generating revenue from a group." So I was like, all right, well, that's a pretty cool idea. We should do that. And I said, well, we start our own group and we just call it Pump and Dump because we're, <laughs> you know, about lifting. Because I'm a big, like, I'm all about the lifting. And her specialty, Sarah, she's a, she's a registered dietitian. She's a master's in dietetics. Okay. And she works for a lab company called Vibrant America. And her specialty is a microbiome and autoimmune disorders. So every day her job is talking to patients and doctors about their test results and helping them formulate a decent diet plan to fix their issues. And when it comes to when it comes to diet and nutrition, and I'm not saying this lightly because she's my wife. I'm saying this because I've been around this industry for a long time. There's very few people I would put against her as far as knowledge. Yeah, I've been able to I see mean, she, in the group uh, some of the stuff that she's talking about, and she's standing toe to toe again with with guys like Alan Aragon and, and some of these other industry yeah. legends. So she's smart to say the least. And she's very very smart with this stuff. And she and she actually mark, if she actually would market herself. In the industry that way, she would definitely do very well because obviously she's a fucking attractive blonde and it works. <laughs> but so we decided to like, you know, let's do pump and dump because the whole thing of lifting weights and taking shits. I was gonna say this. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you have a healthy if you have, if you have a healthy digestive and you're taking good shits. And she always said the key like she said you tell how something helps somebody is healthy by the by the way their shit looks. That's a, which is essentially true. 
It's a yes. better intro than saying she's good at shitting, because that's where I thought this was going. Because <laughs> you're like, so I, now, like, so I now, like lifting. So, but, but the issue is now, pump and dump is also a stock market term. Mm-hmm. Ah. So now I'm thinking, all right, we can't do that, because now people think, like, we'll join the group and say, oh, yeah, it's all about, like, pumping and dumping, you know, stocks, which obviously we're not doing. So all of a sudden, she said, why don't we just add the word hump? <laughs> so well, now we made it about, like, lifting, digestive health, and overall health, and, sexu- and sexuality. So we openly discuss sexuality in the group, and openly, obviously, anybody can come in, transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual, asexual, and we have a free and open space to discuss issues with sex, relationships, lifting, fitness, food, nutrition, anecdotal evidence, scientific evidence, so kind of like a free-for-all in a certain type of welcoming, inviting format where we don't want any drama, there's no like putting someone down for having a certain issue. So I'm really tight with that. I want people, I don't really care about the numbers per se. We have, right now we have like 660 people I think in the group. It's not particularly big, which is fine because it grows organically. As long as people act with respect, I'm cool with that. So let's say someone... If they start just... getting stupid, then they gotta get out. Because we have people in there who talk about <laughs> sensitive issues. True. We have people in there talking about like they're, you know, some, some girl talking about relationship with her lesbian lover or something like that. And we don't need some fucking guy to be a five-year-old child making shitty jokes. <laughs> shitty sorry yeah. dump well let's say someone's listening to this and this whole idea of participating in this actually sounds really appealing to to them yeah how does someone get into this group or actually like put themselves in this environment where they can actually have access to these conversations well just basically search out pumped up and hump and uh, you'll see our little logo which is like a diamond shaped logo when you look at the little uh thing of it it says pumped up and hump in it and just join ask to join and just uh we'll approve you and I mean, kind of, I kind of, I kind of look at people first, and I look at their profile to make sure they kind of look like they belong in the group. What does what does that person like, look like? <laughs> Here we just go. Now that well, we usually, it's like I said, people are going to think it's a stock market thing. So you got a lot of people in there who are like Bitcoin investors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, this, this isn't this isn't for them. We're not. They don't not going to like this group. I don't, don't approve them. Okay. But obviously, like a regular like a regular guy who's like you know posting pictures of his cats. All right. Well, maybe maybe you might you might be cool with this. Sorry, Maybe you learn something, but some, to go. but some, but some dude from fucking some other country who's posting pictures of like money and yeah. you know Bitcoin articles. Well, maybe same for you. <laughs> Fair enough. So no soliciting Bitcoin. And yeah, those no Bitcoin, no stock market <laughs> tips. You know, other than that, you're good. Picture article about sex. Yeah, we're cool with that. You know, dick pics. No, no dick pics, please. <laughs> okay. But you know, <laughs> I don't understand how that ever became a thing. It's like what could possibly possess a man to think, I think this is going to work. I think this is going to get well, me late. I'm going to send this random girl this. To be fair, there's pump well, because and hump men, in the because name. Men are, because men are stupid. And <laughs> we're very, because we're extremely visual by nature. So when we see a girl's naked body, we're like, oh my gosh, she's so hot. I want that. <laughs> so and, we and we automatically assume that women are the same way because we're fucking dumb. <laughs> so we're thinking, oh yeah, well this woman obviously her being naked would turn me on. Maybe me saying a picture of myself making it turn her on. Man, I've never it's thought so- that. <laughs> I've always thought, that's, okay, that's- women absolutely beautiful. Men utilitarian in the way that we're put together, not particularly visually appealing. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so I mean, I, I never knew a one girl in my entire life who said, you know what, I appreciate every dick. Now I kind of want to suck it. You know, I never heard that ever. <laughs> Which is fair. That's good. I mean, advice. honestly, 
So, already, let's say, like, my mom just uh, just downloaded the first podcast. So, when she gets to this one, mom's going to be like, oh, boy. Well, <laughs> that's I'm cool. sorry, mom. That's, that's real. That's okay. my, my, mom's from, my mom's I'm from East Coast. I'm from Philadelphia. I'm sorry. I'm very raw. Don't blame me, Andrew. Blame me. <laughs> she's good. She uh, she grew up in an Irish Catholic background. She's, uh, she's, she's like, a sweetheart. She's like, pre- she's she's like preach, Jay. Totally preach. If mom, if you're listening, hi, mom. <laughs> Love you to death. <laughs> so, uh, how do you now use PDH, Pub Dub Hub, to help teach and motivate people to be healthy and active? Like, how is that your, uh, how do you use it as a vehicle? Well, it's pretty much information spreading right now. We're not making any money off it, and I'm totally fine with that. We do it pretty well enough in our own businesses. So, right now, it's pretty much just uh, information spreading, like spreading the sexuality news. Like, uh, you know, rape, but a lot of times the sexuality turns into relationships because, I mean, sex is pretty primal, but relationships are what make the world go around. I mean, anybody can go out and have sex. Not everybody can have a great relationship. So it turns into like talking about relationships, talking about different questions with supplements and digestive health. Because it's kind of amazing when you're you're in the group, you see some people posting about their digestive issues and how common they actually are. And I mean, I have digestive issues. I'm gluten intolerant. And I didn't know that until a few months ago. But I finally got tested for it. And people in there, especially in the fitness world, especially in our world, because... We're so focused on the external, like having a bigger, stronger bench press, looking a certain way. We have to fit our macros in. So we'll fit our macros in with like rice checks and rice and Pop-Tarts. And we'll neglect stuff like (laughs) vegetables and fruits and fermented foods. So a lot of people in our business have some really fucked up guts. And I can tell you that from firsthand. And Sarah can definitely tell you that because she works with people like that. So this group is really bringing out people's awareness to understand, like, look, nutrition is more than just counting or weighing your food. It's a holistic, whole-body experience. It's like taking in the micronutrients, the fibers, the prebiotics, the, all that stuff. to make Because if you're not healthy, it doesn't matter how good you look, it's going to go away. We pro- we're probably just breaking the seal on understanding what goes on in the gut microbiome, uh, Definitely. Know, flora, fauna, gut bacteria. People hear these things, but there's emerging understanding of these things, but yet there's still a lot that we really don't know. Right. And to what degree this stuff truly affects a lot of people. And it may be the answer that we need to unlock for people who, how many of us know people who have tried everything, doctors, uh, you know, dietitians, what have you, changing up food, and there's just still issues. You hear things like uh, IBS, which is irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, which is more or less just a catch-all for a yes. bunch of symptoms that really otherwise aren't fully understood. You hear people using terms like leaky gut. Now, I'm of the more skeptical end of the spectrum where I don't tend to believe in a lot of this alternative type stuff that doesn't have a lot of sound backing behind it. So I, I'm of the impression that, that leaky gut is a bit more of a kind of a bullshit thing. But as we learn more, as more research appears on these topics, we may realize, okay, there's a lot more to some of these things than, than certainly I've been led to believe. Oh, definitely. I mean, I could say Sarah would be the one to discuss this with rather than me because she's the expert in this. I only know what I know from her, you know, which is probably more than the average person because of, you know, being married to her, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, it's kind of an osmosis thing. We have sex and I do a knowledge. So it's a way, it's a way, win. So <laughs> well, we should probably so. look at down the road, getting her on because this is going to be one of the great challenges here. And, and while I don't believe in, and I, I've said this before quotas, you know, I, 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 okay. I was going to say something political, but no, I'll leave that alone. But 
if you, <laughs> in our industry, men are over overrepresented in a lot of what we see hey, here. Right. In our, I was just at a conference two weeks ago, and every presenter was male. Now, that's a I, it's a good group of people, and I know that particular group is not misogynistic or male di- dominated in its in its orientation. But yet, out of a group of seventeen presenters. There wasn't a woman who, or two, or five, or eight, who would have been really great fits for that whole thing. And we saw in Kansas City when we were there. I mean, what was the percentage of men to women even being at that conference? What would you say? Do you remember? Well, I mean, I know we had a pretty fair amount of women presenters. I mean, but we're still more but men the, than women. But I the, mean, atta- the attendees, way. though, like the attendees, it's pretty much like I would say sixty forty. Yeah, I would I, say I felt it was even stronger uh, male. There was a lot of dudes there, and then you know, I, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I mean, like, what? There was one black guy in the entire fucking thing of two hundred. Like, so the industry, yeah, in I terms mean, of what gets out there, uh, <laughs> it, it can lack diversity and diversity. It yeah, really does. and and I'm and again, I'm not someone who believes oh, affirmative action. Let's just take people from all sort of corners because you start doing that, and I think you can invalidate the quality of the great people who earn it. But at the same time. I think there's really an opportunity to showcase great people f- from every corner, if that makes sense. Well, I think for me, for me, the way to way to make that kind of situation very good for everybody is to actually say, all right, well, we need to have five women presenters at this conference. We need to seek out five women who are good at what they do. Yep. Instead of just seeking out and say, you know what, people say, make some guy ask for it, saying, well, why can't I talk? Well, I'm sorry, you're good, but so is she. I mean, one over here, big deal, deal with it, dude. Yeah, deal with it, man. Fuck off. Keep yeah. Um, I want to get back to this dump thing because we're talking about digestive health and then you made it sound like so scientific, which it is. Do you make it more, how do you make it more accessible to your audience? Because I guess the whole point is no one yes. wants to talk about the science of it because it's, it's fucking confusing. So how do you guys go about making people more aware or kind of, yeah, I guess more aware? Well, I make it more aware of like basically... I posted articles about digestive health and talking about it, and then uh, when Sarah chimes in with her comments and people ask questions, and basically employing them to start having a broad variety of food in their diet. Because first of all, you can fix a you can fix a lot of issues with your digestion by just eating the right kind of food. Yeah. I mean, medicine like people that go to the doctor for like SIBO or something like that, or maybe even like C diff. Like, is there is a medication they'll give you at the doctor for a very strong antibody? I forget what it's called. For C. diff, that wipes out everything in your system. Yep. So now it wipes out your good bacteria too, as well as your bad bacteria. Now you got to rebuild that again. If you don't rebuild it, you catch C. diff again, or you get screwed up. My gluten intolerance came from antibiotics and also C. diff from being in the hospital and I have a heart problem. So and that's where mine came from. All of this shit messed my system so bad that it caused it. So we try to make people aware. It's like, look, if you're on an antibiotic, you have to have a probiotic with it later on at night. So that's a simple thing to do. Number one, number two, eating your fermented foods, eating your vegetables. I mean, things that your parents have told you when you were a kid. Like eat your vegetables. Well, there's a reason why. <laughs> Maybe your parents didn't know your parents didn't know that, but we do now. We know that. So so it's trying to make people aware of what they're putting in their body and how they're actually I, I do that with my coaching group too, when I had that I have that time for some action group that I had going yeah. on. You know, where we uh to me, they they gotta take a picture of meals every day and send them and put them in the app. So I see what they're eating, and every day I'm always like, all right, make sure you have your vegetables. Let's see what we're doing here. It's really well, really good. Some people, all right, need to add some more veggies to this, and it's very, very simplistic shit, but it works wonders with people. You know, they feel they get less bloat because they're able to have more fiber that's moving out food and waste material in their, 
you know, the, the, the word rebuilding their gut biome, you know, and your gut biome is tied into your brain. They've, they've discovered that as well. I mean, so it's pretty much making information accessible in a way, and we discuss it in a way that people can actually absorb it, and not just yeah. reading a research article that people are going to absorb. Right. There's not because people or people aren't like us. No. Nope. You know, we we have this, we have this, some people in this business have a weird thing, and they get in this little echo chamber of bullshit. When when they post a Facebook status saying, "Oh yeah, well this research says this," <laughs> dude, Joe Blow ain't gonna fucking read that. They gonna read I, it, and they're I, not gonna read your your two paragraph I, I scientific. Bar- I barely read read that shit. It's like our our good friend Alfred in our third podcast. Like every time, it's like, oh, well, the research. I'm like, Alfred, fuck off with the research for a second. I think that people just want, and that's why I asked because people just like tell me the fucking answer. I don't want to read it. Yeah. So smart people tell me what's going on. I think that that's where well, that, that's where I see the value in something like this because it is. I don't. I wouldn't say it's new. But it is coming to the forefront a little more, and simple things that help out in like digestible formats is what people kind of gravitate towards. Right, hopefully, right now we live we live in amazing times for information. We really do. Right now, I mean, if I had what we had now when I was like starting out in this business, it would have been absolutely spectacular. I mean, you have people now who can go online and order stuff like from James Krieger Research Review. They can go to uh, Jerry uh, Greg Knuckles Review Mass. They have order the AARR. These are people who are taking research studies. And break them down in layman's terms. So if you're a 20 year old kid who's trying to start training people, or you're a fitness enthusiast trying to learn more, you subscribe to two or three journals a month that are like 15, 16, 17, 18 bucks a month, something like that. You're filled with information that could help you for a lifetime. Absolutely. And they're, take, they're taking research and dissecting it in layman's terms, which is priceless. And how many Absolutely people? Priceless. How many people are out there? I mean, in our industry, we've been doing this a long time, and they just get stuck in their way of thinking and they have not evolved. I mean, God, there are famous industry people who are doing this, but a lot of trainers just, they've learned a certain skill set. They don't look beyond it and they're still perpetuating and peddling uh, tons of completely pseudoscientific bullshit and and inaccurate information. The, The competitive side of fitness industry is blatant for that stuff, but they're not the only ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, honestly, I don't really care how you run your business. I don't care what you say. For your business, not that I mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a way your business ain't gonna affect me one bit because you're running your business, you're doing your thing, you're kicking your ass. Dean is doing the same thing, Alan's doing the same thing. I'm not trying to speak for them. I'm not trying to get their attention. I'm not trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get the attention of people who don't who need somebody to help them. Absolutely. And Facebook is a Facebook's a really rough platform because you have your five thousand friend limit, and then. You would hope people would share their stuff and reach another, reach another audience. But nevertheless, you have to write in a way we're trying to reach people who don't really understand what is going on and trying to help them understand. And we all get stuck in that rut. And that's what we do. I do a pumped up and hump is take take out uh, the echo chamber and bring it to people who actually need it. That's awesome. Well, that's that's one of the reasons why we started this in general. Because the podcast, especially our listeners, we want to take smart people like you and Dean and Alfred and all the future people we have and put that echo chamber away and say, just tell them the real talk and make it fucking digestible. Because they just want to hear what I do, how do I do it, and how can I do it tomorrow or the next day or for the next week yeah. in an easy format. That's it. I mean, as I said one time before, people don't want to be like me and you. They no. don't want to be like me and you. No. I mean, I told I told my client here, I'm like, you, I said, you're no way in hell you want to be like me. I said, I'm 240 pounds. I'm six foot two. I said, I've worked this way for 20 years of my life to get this way. I said, I eat a certain way. I mean, this is a, this is, this is my lifestyle. I said, this is an extreme thing. I said, for you, you want to be in shape. You want to look good. I said, you want to be healthy. I'm like, we can come to the gym three days a week. 
for 45 minutes a day, three days a week. You do cardio on your own a couple days a week, and you'll be fine. You can eat normally. You'll be fine. You know, People don't want to look like us, so we always assume that people want to look like us and be like us. Like well, you must work out five days a week for an hour a day. No, dude. But they don't have time. And like when they realize like what they need to do to get there, they're like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> like you you did that. I'm like, "Yep, did that." Took a long time. And it's also it's also that's also an advantage people like Mark Fisher have. Mark Fisher has an advantage not only because of his fucking incredible personality, but because he looks approachable. Absolutely, he's one of the nicest people I've ever I mean, met in my me, life. People like me and you don't look approachable. No, I mean, you're bald and big. <laughs> well, actually, and well, Andrew's big, I'm, redheaded. And where's the wife beater? And I'm I'm just a little bit smaller. Well, actually, I, I want to jump ahead of something because we're we're to skip ahead to something I wanted to ask. But okay. seeing as you brought that point up, then when I was in Kansas City, I mean, I noticed a couple of things, right? Like I came down there and I literally knew personally two people in a room of two hundred before I got there, and I met a lot of people. And now there's tons of friends there, but I could tell this big Jack broad back dude who's sitting up in the front row with this beautiful blonde girl. People, A, were really aware of you. Like they, I, and I kept hearing the name, and I finally put two and two together. But there's a big presence there. But at the same time, you you have an imposing presence. And yet, when I got to talk to you, I realized what, I, what a kind-hearted, humble guy who really almost didn't even realize just how much the room seemed to be aware of your presence. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, had, I have no idea about that. Honestly, I don't. I'm not even thinking that. I really have no idea. I mean, I just... Do what I do. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I, I can't even explain that. I have no words even explain that. I just don't have no idea of my presence. I mean, I know, I know I'm a big guy. I'm not stupid. I know people look at me in the real world and they're like, oh my God, this guy's big. And I'm like, yeah, but see some of my friends are pretty fucking big. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, even we, we were on a team together and like the crowd that we surround ourselves with in athletics, like everyone thought I was big. And I was like, listen, man, I played football. They're, I'm a small guy. Like, you don't even know. Yeah. When you go to powerlifting, everyone's big. So it, it just doesn't. I'm not phased by it. No. No, to me, it's like, whatever, I'm 240, I'm an average size, but yeah. the average person, we're not. No. You know, we're, we're giants, and I understand that. But also, in the, in the world that we inhabit, it is, I look at it, I just, I don't know, I'm just me. I just kind of come across, I you see me online, it's how I am a person. There's no front, there's no faking, there's no, I mean, I swear, I, I'm a little rough around the edges, but I have a, I have a big heart, and I treat people the way they want to be, I want to be treated. You know, I try to make everybody feel like they're important, because I was at a point in my life where I didn't feel important. And I remember living in my car, being homeless. I remember stuff like that where I was like struggling and I was like seriously in destitution a few times where the mistakes that I made and I totally own that. And I wasn't always a great person. I did some fucked up things in my life and I paid prices for them. But I know what it's like to be that outsider. I know what it's like just to be treated like shit. And I don't ever want to be that guy that someone says, oh yeah, Jay's a fucking dick, you know? So to me, it's just be be yourself, be normal, well, and yeah. don't don't have. I mean, and don't have an ego because you know what? Because our world is so small, it'll slap you down pretty so hard and pretty fast too. You not just that, but ego. it's like in, in the reality of it, it's, it's kind of irrelevant because we think that in maybe maybe among like five thousand people, people know us. But I know power of like Blaine Summer. I mean, Blaine works out at the gym that I used to run in Oklahoma City. And uh, Blaine is one of the strongest men in the world. In my opinion, probably the best lifter in the world right now. Probably, yeah. Or, you know, and you go outside that circle, no one knows who he is. Yeah. And he, you know, that's just the way it is. And so it doesn't pay to have any kind of ego or pretension at all. I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, it, because it, does, if you can, there's somebody out there who's going to try to upset you. You know, try to like say, oh, I'm going to do something better than he does and make more money than him. 
when you talk about your colorful past and then all this other shit involving, I guess, lifting and no one gives a shit, how did you establish yourself within the industry coming from where you came from? Because, like, right now, like, you're, you're creating quite a following. So how did you turn from that to this? Time. time. Lots of time. Just pretty much just, like, patience time. Not even trying. I had no marketing plan. I had nothing. I just kind of like, I just kind of just took it all by the seat of my pants. I mean, I'm not going to come at you with some magic tricks saying you must have an email list. I I, I just, I don't, I don't even have any. I have like a, I have an email list now, but it's kind of like not really big. It's just there. Yeah. Something I got to work most, on now too soon. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 mean, it's, it's be I mean, I, yeah, I do it, but it's just not something I, I'm not something I'm trying to cultivate like a freaking garden. I mean, what happens, it happens. I take the approach of, uh, it's kind of like guerrilla marketing. Just fucking do it and whatever happens, happens. Well, and what I mean, I'm hearing is that, like, basically, be yourself. Because, like, again, you, you don't know, you, you don't even think about, I'm big, I'm bald, I'm, I swear, I do all this other shit. You just be you and then try, you're just trying to help people, essentially. Yeah, you try to treat people with respect. First of all, here's, here's the thing. Like, these are some really good tips I'm probably sure you've heard before, and I'm sure you guys already know. But maybe coming from someone that's been around for a while, maybe it'd be a little different for people who don't know, is that having integrity and ethics, number one. I mean, absolutely. You do not fuck people over. If people pay you, provide a service. If people, if people, you know, if you want to train people online, you're providing a service. You're getting in touch with them. You're contacting them. You're being open with communication, you know, and you have ethics where you don't shit where you eat. If you're a trainer, you don't just fuck people you train. I agree you with that one. There's too much of that crap going on. But yes, you don't, you don't cross any lines. You're a professional. This is your job. Mm-hmm. So trying to hook up with somebody you're training is akin to sexual harassment in a workplace. Is the same damn thing. It's just a different type of workplace. So it doesn't matter if you're in a gym or not. It's still you're still your employee. It's still I'm sorry, somebody that you're you know providing service for. So you don't do that kind of stuff. Can you have relationships? Be, oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, be be consistent. You know, that's it. You know, people learn. Like consistently check up with it. You know, ask for referrals. You know, ask for people. Treat people with respect. You know, if you have if you have ten online clients, and two of them are like star lifters or star bodybuilders. Don't give those two more attention than the other eight. Give everybody equal attention because the people that the eight people, they're important too. Their goals are just as important as the bodybuilder's goals are. You know, it's just a different type of goal because the bodybuilder will give you more, you know, industry attention. People like people that are a bodybuilder look and say, Oh my god, this person is so ripped, he's great. But I tell you what, the people that are your average mom and your average mom, the average dad, and the average people, they'll spread you'll tell your friends about you. Yeah. I think they're the ones who will often be around a lot longer, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Definitely. Bodybuilders and lifters come and go. I mean, that's just the way they are. They're flighty. You they'll, see- find, they'll, find a hot, they'll find a hot coach in a month, and we'll go with a new guy in a second. And then they'll post Instagram pictures of themselves, and they'll barely give you any credit. You know, I've been there. I know what it's like. It doesn't phase me one bit because I expect it from them people. It's just how it is. Not all are like that, obviously, but a lot of them are very selfish. Now, the soccer mom, the soccer them people, the people who are like, you're building them a new lifestyle you know my clients you know they're they refer people to me all the time they're, they're company oh you train you train so-and-so you know what do you charge or something like that you know they always tell people yeah, jay's great jay's this so it's, it's much better off treat people the way that you want to be treated i feel like that kind of go, hey, i feel like that advice hey. should be such intuitive and automatic way to go about things and again we all too often see that that's not how like some of our industry conducts itself and one of the things that I feel very strongly about is I just want to see more people understand this and more people bring higher, a higher level of integrity and professionalism to this industry. 
Absolutely. Exactly. Well, a lot of because people... the, barrier to, the barrier to entry is so low. Yeah. I mean, you can go online yeah. and get certification. Certification is honestly, I mean, they mean nothing because they you mean can just nothing. buy over five hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, you can just take taking a test is fucking simple. Well, Even a CSCS is goddamn worthless. It really is. Well, look at you, you and know, I. Right? Saying, you and I do not have. I mean, I'm a CanFit Pro trainer. I mean, I bust my ass to to put in the kind of effort that you know like gives more than what like a degree in kinesiology would have done try to fill in the gaps and you just said earlier that your certification initial one was a very very quick one to do but yet it does provide access for some people who end up thriving in the industry to get in but you're right there's just too many people getting in far too quickly without a lot of skill well it's just education as a starting point i guess you kind of you kind of determine your path after that was like teaching i went to school for teaching fuck i didn't learn anything until i started teaching like i was like throw throw the whole education out the window because i didn't learn jack shit i figured out yeah really i mean so that's what it comes down to it's like you really you're all you're getting is a permission to do it yeah so you're passing what you're paying for essentially and then you're learning as a star until day one in the job because you're now you have to learn because coaching and theory are super things anybody can sit there and read a book and say oh well i got an athlete i want to do this that and the other thing with them but get in front of the athlete and yeah. see what you can do. You teach them how to hinge. You teach them how to squat. Like, I know firsthand yeah, and that there's so many people who can't do that because I, I get to see them squat, quotation marks, yep. and it's just, you got to learn how to coach because then you're not effective. Like, what are they paying you for? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, people need to, like, understand that uh, they, if they want to, the barrier entry, the barrier entry is so low, and anyway, this business attracts people who are basically self, selfish anyway because yeah. what we do is selfish. Treating yourself with this kind of, like, in intensity and workload and eating and the actual desire it takes to do this is a very selfish act by itself completely now so now we have people who are into themselves in a big way that work a certain way they have six pack abs or shredded and they're like dude i look great i love myself now put them in front of people and have to teach them you're going to have some you're going to have some hiccups along the way you're going to have people who don't really care about their progress only care about their attention that the person gives them mm. You're going to have people that think they're God's gift or whatever, and you know, they'll, they'll try to train some hot chicken hit on her, trying to get laid. And you see that happen all the fucking time. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame, but yes, that's the nature of the fitness industry. And the only thing you can do is be an example and do the best you can, and people around you implore them to be better. Well, and, and just to that point, so like we've talked about yeah. your personal and your athletic and the fitness career and the fitness industry. How has the quality of life now been since you've kind of had this good relationship, you started pump, dump, pump, you've kind of moved gyms. How is that versus what your earlier, what you've done earlier exploits? Cause basically we're talking about all the shit that happens in the fitness industry. How does it feel now that you're doing things the way you're doing comparatively to what's kind of going on and what's happened in the past? Well, honestly, I, I mean, I can say this without even the question of doubt is a happy time in my life. I mean, honestly, I mean, I love, I love Kansas city. I absolutely love it. It's a great town. You have a lot to do here. It's a big city feel and not a big city because uh, it's growing, got a ton of culture and diversity. I'm meeting amazing people from all walks of life. And uh, I work with a fantastic gym right now, a city gym in the Kansas City, who is, uh, has a very inclusive, open environment. And the owner herself is a very, very active in the local scene, both politically and professionally. And she, they, they walk the walk. They definitely don't just talk it, they do it. Yep. So their entire gym has that same culture about it where – doesn't matter if you're someone like me or a transgender male. You're completely welcome there. And in fact, they have programs there designed for transgender males to help them address, you know, into the new bodies. So it's kind of cool. They walk the walk like that. And then, you know, obviously the business online is growing. 
know, I'm having more and more clients and I can actually handle sometimes. So I actually brought on people to help. That's through Ashman Strength? Yeah, yeah Ashman Strength, my online business. Yeah. So I brought on like, you know, Sarah Conamakos to be my nutritionist and she's doing an awesome job. Everybody really likes what she's doing. And I have Julie Sworiak to do my, she's doing psychotherapy for people. She's a PhD professor, she's a PhD and a professor of psychology at the University of Minnesota. Well, let's touch on that for a sec. So how do you combine all those three aspects into an online platform? Like, is it a full package deal or is it like they pick one or the well, other? Well, it can be a separate package for each. Like me and me and Sarah, you're a separate together, Yeah, obviously, because it's nutrition and training. And then Julie is a whole different package entirely because psychotherapy is obviously, you know, our clinical package. Yeah. So, so now what the deal is here, the whole thing is you have training, nutrition, and mindset. That's sweet. So now, I mean, I know CHP does that with Alex Fiata. Yeah. And me and Alex, me and Alex are pretty good friends. So Alex knew I was doing this. So it wasn't like me copying him or anything like that. It was me just, like we discussed it already, you know, because I wanted to do it for a while. And because of me, it's like, yeah, because having, having fitness room. isn't really, yeah, having fitness isn't really about looking good. It's about feeling good too. And you can borrow and you ideas just, from other places that are great ideas. I mean, a good example is you created this group and one of the future guests we're going to have is Patrick Umfrey on here and he's got Eat, Train, and Progress as a really cool group, which does yeah. a lot of similar things to what you're doing, but also there's definitely a, a unique dimension to yours. And Patrick's doing amazing things with that group and that's a big-ass group. And it's not like you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, we need to find diversity because Alex does his thing and he's fucking does all like the ultras and lifting and anyways that appeals to one crowd but maybe your crowd like maybe your thing appeals to a whole different section of people and why not reach all of them because alex ain't gonna go alex isn't going after transgender the queer communities and kind of combining all those either and he's not doing dumps and he's he's pretty special i try like i'm pretty i'm pretty uh walk the walk with how i believe in certain things and i believe in inclusiveness so I want people who are marginalized people by the society, essentially gays, lesbians, transgender males, you know, minorities and whatnot. People that historically are looked at as outsiders. I want them to feel welcome around me. I want them to like say, Hey, you know what? This group I feel comfortable in because they're not they're not looking at me like a freak or something like that. But I should accept me for who I am. And that's kind of important because in order to really succeed in society, you have to have that kind of level of respect for each other. Well, yeah. and, and one of the things is, so like pump, dump, pump, it seems like a playground for you. Like you're pretty passionate about that. How have you grown yeah. professionally? It's like since starting this group, because it is different from what you have done in the past. Big difference. I left the power. I mean, I pretty much left powerlifting go. I mean, I mean, I was training lifters for a while. I mean, I know Dean from a team we used to be on together and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, was, I mean, I competed here and there in lifting. I mostly was a strong man, but I dabbled in like powerlifting a little bit. I trained, a, I trained a few couple with those now. A good friend of mine who actually lives 20 minutes away from me, Josiah O'Brien, I, I do all of his meat prep work for him. And he's a, he's a very talented lifter. So I still train a couple of lifters, but I don't actively seek them out. Because to me, I think it's, I kind of grew up professionally in a way where I think it's more rewarding yeah. to train people who actually need it, not who want it. When you've kind of, you kind of found your people per se. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird how well, I wasn't really planning to. It just kind of worked out that way. And it, feels, it feels more fulfilling for me. And they're enjoying the information. And it's creating a little community. People have fun with it. Because you have bodybuilders in there who are into the sport, really hardcore. Then you have people I went to high school with who barely even work out with. Who barely even work out. You have a couple girls in there I went to high school with. I knew since I was like fucking five years old. And they're in the group. And they just like basically walk. You know, walk around or maybe do some yoga here and there. 
and they're learning it. They're, they're posting stuff and they're asking questions too. Well, so it's kind of cool seeing that. To me, it's like a microcosm of the world. Everybody can coexist in a nice space as long as we have a couple rules saying respect each other and do the right thing. Yeah. And where where does where does PDH or Pump Dump Hump go now? So like you have the Facebook group. How are you planning on changing the fitness industry with this? If you if you had like your own platform and you had unlimited reach, how, how are you growing this thing? Well, our goal is to write a book, not like an actual hard copy book. But we want to write a book encompassing a basic training plan for uh, fitness, you know, and how to do it. And then Sarah will talk about, you know, Dumping. digestive health in a basic <laughs> way to get your budget. So, yeah, digestive health and digestive health, how to get it optimally. Then we want to bring on like uh, someone who is an expert in sexual health. I was going to say, who's talk talking about, about humping? Like, so, yeah, I got, I got, <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the cover for you right now. You use three emojis. It's the weightlifting emoji. It's the little shit, oh, smiling yeah. shit emoticon. And then it's the, like, what, that eggplant? Not, not, a, dick, not a dick pic. There is your cover right there. And the water spritzing one. And the water spritzing one, too. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. You've got to have that eggplant and water. <laughs> Absolutely. No, actually, I think so that's an go, unbelievable go. idea. I think that's so cool because it... And again, what I love about the group is it brings together a whole bunch of things that aren't necessarily, uh, they, they all actually have a lot of relationship with each other, but yet people don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about particularly the dump and hump parts, right? We, well, for me, we it's are like in the fitness world. We are yeah, inundated with The fitness world is very sexual anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're a very, it's a very sexual world. I mean, there's girls, I mean, if you look on Instagram, there's girls who cross over and like new modeling or like porn. I mean, it's kind of like, it's the way it is. Fitness and sexual, fitness, fitness world and sex world. Or as tightly, you know, map together. It's how it is. So we're trying to like basically not just dance around it. We're pretty much saying, "Fuck it, we're in it." Good. You know, actually, sex is a sex is a huge part of life. I mean, a healthy sex life can go a long way to making you feel a lot better about yourself, a lot healthier. This is actually perfect for something that I definitely wanted to get you uh, going on. Because now in the mainstream, we have had so much recently going on about well, Harvey Weinstein and just this prevalence of sexual abuse. Obviously, Hollywood is basically under this microscope right now. And we have this hashtag Me Too thing trending on social media. Like we have a massive cultural problem on our hands. Let's take that into the fitness industry. Like what within the fitness industry actually contributes to this problem? And uh, that's a two part. How can we as industry professionals do more to combat some of these cultural problems and simply be better? Well, I think a lot of times you see, you see, you see popular men figures in the fitness world. You know, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to shame anybody like that. I'm not what I'm going to do, but you see it, and I'm sure you have. I'm no Dean has. When men are constantly <laughs> post stuff like, women, you need to respect yourself. Stop posting pictures like that. And maybe, maybe guys stop sending you pictures the way you do. It's like they basically put the blame in the woman by saying, you can't be proud of your sexuality in your body because you have to hide it. Because if you don't hide it, I can't control myself. So it's like, it's fucked up. It's like, you're going you're gonna to slut shame a girl for posting a picture of herself in a bikini because you want to focus on your dick pic. You're pretty much a piece of shit. If I think you do that. So, and you have to call out that shit when you see it happening. I think people need to sit there and say, you know, the problem with calling it out online is that their fucking echo chamber of circle jerkers yeah. will jump all over you like a bunch of morons. Because how do you, people are like, oh yeah, well you, you're you're an idiot, you're a jerk, or other words like that. Or they'll call you like, you know, derogatory names like, you know, fag or something like that. Which I've seen that happen more than once. And you rich you look at it from afar and you're like, God, this is like this is ridiculous. Well you've got a but culture that's see, protecting you, itself and that ingrained behavior. It's a super alpha male wannabe jock culture, which I can't fucking stand. <laughs> You know, it's that fake goddamn posturing, like, oh, yeah, I'm a big, tough man. 
Now I'm going to like, you know, tell women, you need to respect yourselves. And women do it too. Women, I see a lot of women post that stuff. And that yeah, stuff that needs to be called out is saying, you know what, that's not cool. They're telling somebody how they should, like, like Jennifer Lawrence is the big one that people like to harp on because she had pictures of herself new that she released. And then she said about being sexually harassed by a couple of directors. And I see you read comments and stuff from people in articles and saying that, oh, well, yeah, she put pictures of herself new, but now she's being sexually harassed. What a hypocrite. Yeah, the correlation that, that doesn't really not right. Yeah, that, it's not right to say yeah. things like that. No, because that's her choice to post a picture of herself if she wants to. That's her choice. It's not her choice if somebody grab her ass. I mean, we had a while so back, there was a porn star, what's her name, Christy Mack? Yeah, remember Christy oh, yeah. Mack? And oh, my she got, oh, my God, oh, my God, she yeah. When she got beat up, the people shit like, oh, by she War Machine. Now, he's in jail for the rest of his life, and thank God, because it's a piece of garbage. But, you know, no, like, just because you're in that industry does not mean that that's an invitation for sexual violence or assault or any of these sort of things. And I think, yeah, there are probably way too many men out there that think that a lot of behaviors, a lot of stuff is an invitation to then behave in a certain way. These women are inviting it. And that that thinking needs to be crushed and stamped out. But that's big time. The problem is, it's not. Oh, go ahead, brother. Still there? There's no shortage of wolf who want to eat the sheep. Yeah. That's how it is. It's always going to be that way. Human nature is going to be that way. So what we can do is we can stamp it out one by one, much as we can. You see stuff like that, you call it out. I mean, when we, we, think we need to check ourselves a little bit. When we find ourselves acting a certain way or saying something else, think twice, you know, think before you say it. Because I, I know in my past, I probably said shit like that to women before. I'm sure I have. I'm sure every guy here has said something I like that. Doubt we've been perfect, you know. As strongly yes, as we feel about this whole thing, I doubt we've all been perfect in every. No, every, we've. All, I mean, I'm every right. one of us has made mistakes. But you move forward. You make amends for it. You basically don't do it again, and you learn from it. And you move on. So the problem is, some guys never actually learn, and they, they need to learn. And it's like you, as fathers, teach your young sons how to treat women, and then when they come home, you don't sit there, you don't sit there and praise them for having conquests. Another thing too is that girls they have too many partners or a slut. A guy has a lot of girls. He's he's like, he's like the man. Actually, it's I just saw, fucked up. To- I saw this meme. Someone just shared it, and it's like I'm a little hypersensitive to some of this shit lately. And someone posted the meme. It's like the what is it? The shitty lock, many keys. I can't remember what the hell it was, and and it was basically that analogy. And someone posted it just in humor, and I was like, really? Like now? Like fuck? Come on, guys! Like, well, just it goes to the whole use your brain. Like Jesus. No, people, people. <laughs> the online world has made people devoid of empathy and understanding. Yeah. Because it, turn, it turns into a meme culture, and it turns into like, how much can we offend you, culture? And then they get, then they get upset. Like, then they get surprised. Oh, you're offended. You're a pussy. No, no, we're not. Because you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying like, you're an asshole. I, I'm not a like. I'm sort of offended, but I'm not going to cry about it. Like, you're just a dick. <laughs> like, I know. It's like if you really, if you really think that offending people or trying to offend them make is funny. And you're kind of a piece of shit. And I've like lost friends in real life over that shit. And I won't because people, are, I'm like, dude, I want nothing to do with you. Because you're going to act online, I don't want anything to do with you in person. Because there's no, there's no room in my life for me for people who are intentionally trying to offend people online. They had to laugh. It's like be normal. It's like if you have to get a ride to somebody, you know, it's a problem with you. But I think that like you say be normal, but like that's where you have to question certain things. And that's probably why you don't have some certain friends is because is that they're normal? Like maybe that is normal. They need to go to to therapy then. Right. (laughs) But like I would, I would, I would, I would say that some people do. Like, I think that is some people's normal and online just gives them a platform to do it. And this whole meme culture just gives them another tool to be, well, dickheads. But yeah, but especially with sexual harassment, I mean, people are going to see it and call it out. And like, 
I've, I've called it out. Like I, I used to have a helper, an electrician. He, you know, we were working at a, we were working at a scaffolding in New York City outside, and uh, we're hanging up temporary lighting. And he's, you know, who's a, a young kid, like twenty years old. And obviously in New York, women are everywhere, and they look good. You know, they look really good in New York. That's how it is. It's a wealthy <laughs> city. So they're walking by the ladders, and you know, it's just the way it, the way it goes. He's a couple of them walk by to one. And he's like, yo, baby, what's up, man? What's your number? Like, acting like that. Like, Roy like, coming along pretty strong. And so I said to him, I'm like, yo, we don't do that shit, dude. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, don't fucking talk to Roy that around me. I said, I don't play, I don't play with that shit. He's like, well, I want to talk to her. I'm like, that's not going to fucking work, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, actually, the dick pic has a better chance of working than that bullshit. So I'm like, so what? I said, where do you ever find that working at? He's like, where well, I come from, it works. I'm like, well, this ain't fucking bed style. <laughs> I said, this, 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 this is Manhattan, dude. If, it's just if, not like it's not the hood. Man, you need money. And if that so woman once. turned around and be like, "Hey, like, what's he, the kid?" Wouldn't know what to do with himself. He wouldn't know. That's the problem. No, no good. No decent person is going to say, "Oh, this guy just catcalled me." Let me turn around and talk to him. I'm like, and he's it's just how it is. I mean, I can't comprehend that line of thinking. I, I just, never catcalled women in my I life. I can't <clears throat> comprehend it either. Like, I just I don't get it. And maybe that's just because we're normal-ish, but. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. They're like, I don't know. Is, are they raised like that? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody different that way. But I think that's the thing I'm talking about. Like, this guy, he's a young dude. And he, because of his, his upbringing, and who knows, he, you know, I know we didn't have a dad in his house. We discussed his upbringing with that before. He actually was a pretty good kid, a nice kid. He just had a rough childhood. And he didn't have anybody probably teaching him how to stuff. And if he, if he did, I don't know if we would have learned it because of the environment that he's in. You know, he's in, he's in a, he's in a, he's in a project. He's in a project. And it's a, definitely a tougher upbringing than it is for a suburban person. So his upbringing and his ingrained culture from that upbringing didn't comprehend it in, in his head. It's like, this is not cool to say to women. So you have this issue with that way. That's what I'm saying. It's important for people to teach kids when they're young. It's like, don't talk to girls that way. It's not acceptable. You know, if you want to talk to somebody, you go up and say, hi, how you doing? You, you say, you be, a, be a regular, decent human being. And if you can't do that, then you have to find out how. Because then they feel entitled. Well, I just got done saying hi to her. You know, why didn't she talk to me back? Because she didn't want to. So leave her alone. <laughs> Pretty simple I, I, don't, shit. I don't see why some men can't understand that it is really, truly that simple. Well, and it gets worse online. Yeah. I guess we kind of tie this into the fitness industry, but it doesn't, it almost gets exponentially worse when you put in Instagram and, and Facebook. And I guess the accessibility of seeing these people, like, yeah, you go to New York, women are beautiful, but like you go online, you can find a lot of beautiful people. And it's amazing what people will say online uh, yeah. to another human being on Facebook and in a forum on Man. Instagram that they would never say to another person to their face. So, and, and we've, We've probably all been guilty of that one too. I mean, like, I really fight with myself not to get caught up in internet arguments and dumb shit that I read. And I'll write a lot of stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to click send on that one. Forget it. But and I think that's cathartic. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, we have this problem where you'll actually literally say something to another person. That's another human being on the other end of this. Now, sometimes it's so fucking stupid that they really have it. They're inviting it. Yeah. Uh, there's one question I always ask every guest because I'm really passionate about reading. I consume books at a pretty aggressive rate, what most people consider. I'm not quite Mark Fisher, man. That guy goes through books. But I was curious if there's anything great you're reading now or if there's a great book that you've read in the past that really made a difference for you that you'd want to share with uh, anyone listening. Well, actually, right now, I'm actually looking to get a couple of new books because uh, I've been mostly reading nutrition manuals about uh, from I'm taking I'm studying for the physician nutrition certification again. So I'm just reading a lot of that. So I've been doing a lot of, I've been a lot of, pod, a lot of podcasts 
while I'm driving. And what I listen to right now is called S Town, and it's on iTunes and whatnot. And it's kind of a wild story about this guy in Alabama. And it's actually a true story, but a guy in Alabama suspects that there was a murder that was un, unsolved. So he calls up this uh, journalist dude, and the whole podcast goes into this whole adventure. And it's, I'm not going to give it away at all because it's pretty interesting what happens. I'm listening to that, and but my favorite my favorite book of all time is probably kind of cliche. And not for the reason that some people think it is, but I've read this book probably like fifteen times. The Forty Eight Laws of Power. Okay, I've heard of that. I'm funny. Yeah, I have read it. Robert, it's a really good book. The history in the book is incredible. Robert Greene did a great job, and it's basically like a history book written around Forty Eight Laws of how to get how to get and attain power. Now, I don't read the book to try to get and attain power. I read the book because it's interesting historical context for me of what to look for from people who are shitheads. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, you could lump the book Robert uh, Cialdini's. Robert, Robert uh, Green. Uh, yeah, but there's another What's book, that? Robert Cialdini's uh, Influence, which is largely considered to be one of the best sales books out there. And I yeah. read this book recently, and funny enough, I was in the process of buying a vehicle. And sure enough, I mean, there was some stuff that the dealership did that was quite literally spelled out in the book as, as tactics and trickery. And I was really fucking pissed off with what they pulled. In the end, it all worked out, and I got the deal I wanted. But yeah, you're right. These kind of books can be really, really valuable in identifying when people use influence and power and manipulation, you know, to potentially hurt others. Yeah. yeah it's like, like people need to be aware that, like I said before, all time in the past, that the world is a violent place, the world is a dangerous place. And you can, you can pretend it's not, you can try to be as peaceful as you want to be, but people are, people are really inherently liable. They try to come out to get you. And if they, if they, if they're not going to do it blatantly, they want to win. People want to win. So they'll do whatever they can to win. So if it means taking take advantage of you and using you, so be it. So people need to be aware of what's around them and maybe not learn this stuff for the sake of doing it themselves, but learn what to look for from somebody else. So if somebody in your life is acting a certain way, you can kind of trigger this out in your head and figure out, well, this person is doing this. I read this in a book. You know, now I'm aware of this and how I should react to it. Because experience goes a long way. I'm very street smart from where I grew up. I mean, incredibly street smart. But, you know, you, only, you can't learn it all, so you have to read books. That's a very good point. <laughs> so, we're coming in on an hour. You're probably sitting on your phone. Where can our listeners find you on social media? So, one, how do they join Pump, Dump, and Hump? And what's the best way to reach you? Uh, pump, Dump, and Hump is going to be, you can go to pumpdumphump.com. I don't have the website is up, but we haven't really done much with it yet. You know, it could be kind of cheap. Sarah is finishing up her second master's degree. She's done about a month over that. Yeah, she's uh, she has a master's in dietetics, and now she's going to be an MBA as well. Oh, shit. Man, you, so, you married yeah, up. She, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, well, she definitely has quite a brain in her. She's a very smart woman. <laughs> Facebook is, is, Facebook, very, is Facebook the best way right now? Yes, Facebook, Facebook.com, J-A-Y period Ashman. It's pretty simple, you know, or ashmanstrength.com, one of the two, it doesn't matter. You know, anyone wants to get a brief about my stuff, ashmanstrength is the best way to go. Great. And through, through there, you can find my Facebook page link and, you know, learn a little bit about me, what we offer, what we do, and, you know, we saw my wonderfully concise, short blog post. I'd say not to be too wordy in them, but, you know. <laughs> well, you're more wordy in your Facebook <laughs> posts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, should, I, should, I should start blogging more when I do yeah. Facebook, honestly. You get a lot of attention, though. That's good. Like, people listen to you. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm just a fucking regular dude. I mean, honestly, I mean, I sound kind of shitty to say that, but it's like, 
it's not I me. Mean, I don't know. I just, I just think, just I don't. You just worry about people like no people notice you. I'm like, well, I don't really notice that. Gosh, that's something I love. That's something I actively look for. I mean, yeah, I want to make money and be noticed, but I don't really expect people to look at me and say, wow, this guy Jay, he's a cool dude. And it's like I just act like I act. <laughs> well, that's probably it. It's authentic, right? Whereas a lot of people, yeah, especially with again Instagram, a lot of it's very, very manufactured. A lot of it's very crafted, and ultimately, you find out the person is not what the image well, portrays. And for our listeners and Jay's listeners, which I'm sure know Jay, Jay's exactly that. I would say you're fairly authentic. You're not filtered, and you don't. I don't say you don't care because you care, but you 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 say what's on your mind, right. which is a good quality. Which is a, a good quality for people who want to know what's actually up, especially on topics of fitness and the industry, which you let people know very diligently. Yeah, I kind of keep it a pretty, uh, I keep things pretty simplistic in a complex way. Where I'm not like I'm not as simple as like Dan John, who's like push, pull, carry. You know, Dan is like the ultimate in simplicity. You know, me, I understand that things are a little more complex for some, for some people. But things don't have to be as complex as some people may have to be. Like, I can't comprehend. Like, I go to some, I go to, I read some, I read some books, you know, and like old school traffic conditioning manuals from like your Russian authors and whatnot. And I read this stuff and, and I'm looking at like uh, Bokoshansky and everything like that. And I'm going through these programs and their suggestions. Um, it makes sense to me. But how can you? Make information available for somebody else, and honestly, the average person doesn't need all that information anyway. They don't need to understand like, well, your power velocity, your depth jump, this, your speed of this. I'm like, I just want to get in better shape, be stronger. So, if you're giving somebody a program, it's like kind of make it, make it as simple as you possibly can. We get results, yeah. and I think a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry that are really, really smart, that are academics, try to impress you with their knowledge rather than impress you with how they can make the knowledge accessible to you. Yeah. And I would say that's what Pump Dump Pump is going to be for you going forward in terms of that that avenue. That's awesome. Well, Jay, we really yeah. appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, uh, thank you, man. I wish you all the best of luck in in future. And I really hope people actually take it seriously. Go search Pump Dump and Hump. Join it. Uh, listen in. Participate. To get in the conversation. You'd be surprised, I think, how valuable that experience could be for you, especially if you're looking for something like that. And, uh, you know, show Jay some love. So follow him and um, tune in next week uh, when we release another podcast. And also, if you really enjoyed this, please like it, uh, like our, our Facebook page, share it, uh, just push this around so that way we can reach more people because it helps us because we're not making any money off this thing. We're just, we're trying to do this because we love it. We want to show you guys and introduce you, the listeners, these great people that we have access to like Jay here. So thanks, Mike. Thanks again, my friend. Thank have you. an Thank awesome you. Day. Thank you very much.